Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode three of What a Difference a Year Makes, the podcast that looks back at the pay-per-view that is upcoming a year prior. And for the first time in this series, we have an AEW pod, uh, podcast, excuse me, we have an AEW pay-per-view. But as always, I am joined by my good buddy, Jeremy. How's I'm it doing great, man. Other than the uh, the underlying, you know, uh, uncertainty with this whole presidential election going on. How about that shit, dude? Right. As we are recording, we are... What a day removed, two days removed from election day, and they still haven't two quite days, figured yeah. that shit out. But have no fear, John and Jeremy are here to entertain, keep you guys happy. We're gonna talk AEW full gear this week, or this yeah this week because I think we did one almost a week or two ago. So it's becoming weekly with all these pay per views that they keep churning out. So full gear. When Full Gear dropped a year ago, so it's kind of crazy to me that we have AEW is on, is in all in its first year finished up, and we are on to Full Gear, which when they debuted Full Gear the first go around, and they everybody kind of shit on it, as I remember. Full Gear, what a weird name! It kind of people looked at it as it's a bit of a throwaway pay per view. It's something to do before they get into their big bigger bigger three but it had a lot of great things come out of it jeremy the maryland state commission board wasn't happy with a certain match we'll oh, talk that about was later. that match. that was that card i totally forgot about that, that. one of the harris brothers right one yes. of the ron or don <laughs> yes yeah they they were no, not no. happy with moxley <laughs> and omega Cody loses his opportunity to ever challenge for the Cody title does. again. Yes. We'll get into that. Cody does, yeah. So it is definitely an interesting pay-per-view. And what kicked us off for full gear was a buy-in. And every we every time we do these, Jeremy, you remind me halfway through that we <laughs> want to talk about the pre-show. Do we want to talk about the buy-in? I think we absolutely, with AEW Full Gear 2019, have to talk about the buy-in match between Britt Baker and B Priestley, because there's a lot to unpack there. Absolutely, from then to now, there even besides the match, there's a uh, quite a bit to talk about. <laughs> right, Britt Baker has become one of the best women's wrestlers from a entertainment standpoint in the last year, and B Priestley, I believe, is no longer contracted with AEW she might be due to the COVID thing but we haven't seen her since pretty much since this I think she might have made a couple more appearances for AEW this past year but she's now over in New Japan with Will Ospreay I I think she was um, let go or maybe I don't know how long her contracts are for but she was uh, cut loose for lack of a better term when uh, when Jimmy Havoc was was given the axe I think yeah, she was part of that. She was part of that speaking out movement too. As a, I don't want to get into the, he said, she said on that, but I know she was named, and so that might be part mm-hmm. of why she's no longer featured in AEW. Mm-hmm. 
mixed with the fact that there's travel restrictions to the U.S. and she does a lot of things overseas, especially in Japan with uh, stardom and now with, like I said, her boyfriend, Will Ospreay. From, uh, from so, New yeah, Zealand, uh, B. I thought she was uh, from jolly old England. <laughs> right? So did I. It's funny you mentioned that. You could have gave me like 10 guesses to be like, where's B. Priestley from? And New Zealand yep. would have not been one of them. <laughs> Any thoughts on this match, sir? The doctor was time? in, you know. Um, if if you were just a casual fan tuning in for the first time, you'd be able to get, you know, the in and out of this match. It was it was bad blood. They It was pretty much set up from uh, – they were in a – I think like a tag team match or a, yeah, it was a tag team match at fight for the fallen um, a couple months before. And B Priestley came in with what looked like a pretty errant kick to the back of uh, Britt Baker's head. So they kind of built this match off of that. Yep, and, that's uh, right. it, I mean, it was a great match. You, like you said, Britt Baker, as far as entertainment goes in wrestling, she's been one of the best. And uh, this was probably, if not the only match, maybe one or two matches that she's wrestled in since full gear, because she got hurt not long after that. Um, and then she was just hanging out in the wheelchair for almost the whole pandemic so far. <laughs> best, best stuff. Some of the best mm-hmm. stuff on AEW television was that whole wheelchair stuff and, She's got that personal doctor, Reba, or her personal assistant with her great stuff. I remember this specific specific match being really great promo work between the two. Mm-hmm. I thought the promos they did in the vignettes were really, really strong. But yeah, now Britt Baker is, like I said, one of the biggest stars in the women's division. And I don't believe she's got a match in 2020, which is a shame, unless I might be She mistaken. did do the cinematic match with uh, with Big Swole. Their last, yeah, she did. That is right. She did do the cinematic match at a pay per view. Right. She hasn't had any other pay per view matches this year due to the injury. That was her first one back, and even that Mm -hmm. was a little skeptical because she. I don't think she was fully ready to be back, but she is fully back now, and she is kicking ass. Uh oh. Uh oh, I lost you. And we're back. I'm not sure what happened there, but like I was saying, no doubt in my mind. She was, she was kicking ass, was the last thing. Uh, she was kicking ass up until she came back. She had her cinematic match. No doubt in my mind, Britt Baker will be a women's world champion in the year 2021. They, yeah, they're they're building her up pretty well right now. Um, we'll talk about it a little more later, but uh, Nyla Rose versus uh, Sheeta for the AEW Women's Title this week. Uh, is it this weekend? Yeah, yep. it's this weekend. It's Saturday. Yeah. Um, we're, we're recording on a Wednesday. Thursday. It's Thursday. I got my days all mixed up. But yes, it is this <laughs> Saturday, November 7th, full gear. We'll talk about that a little more, I'm sure. But uh, I mean, yeah, they're, they're building her up now that she's healthy finally. Which is good for the division. So we're moving mm-hmm. along here. The opening match in full gear 2019 is proud and powerful Santana and Ortiz 
versus the Young Bucks. The Young, that match was a lot of fun. And Pride, Proud and Powerful get the win via some chicanery from the inner circle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The Young Bucks open another pay-per-view. They seem to do this quite a bit. And they've done this a lot over the last few pay-per-views. They have that opening match and they... They set the bar so high, if you will. They're always putting out just bangers. And this was no this one was also a banger. Couldn't agree with you more. They they do open up a lot of these they're most have probably every one of the pay-per-views. <laughs> I don't know if that's, on it, right? I don't know if that's by design on them or if that's just their way of saying, Hey, I know we're like EVPs, but we don't have to close out every show. Right. But I mean it's a nice way to kick off a what is a four to five hour long pay-per-view because, you know, unlike the WWE who does these every month, they do four a year, five a year, maybe. And they definitely That's go cool. a little bit longer, which is great, which is awesome. Yeah. So, you know, and for Santana and Ortiz, mm-hmm. they just had, you know, they this was one of those matches that I think kind of put them on the map with AEW fans that have maybe not been you know, familiarized with uh, the LAX days or things like that because, you know, they were just the inner circle lackeys with Jericho up until this point because this is really early on in, uh, you know, AEW's beginning because the the, um, the Dynamite show literally started like a month before this pay-per-view. That was pretty early. Wow, I forget. You you mm. forget that they've only been around for a little over a year now. <laughs> uh, when you watch these things, when you watch these things back, and this is a big credit to AEW. I mean, everything looks like you know they've been doing it for years, and I mean mm-hmm. they have been wrestling for years. Don't get me wrong, but putting on a weekly television show and pay per view build, pay per view builds is something they're not. You know, they've only been doing it for a year, just over a year now, because their anniversary show was last month so yeah i think this was a great way for the bucks to introduce you know santana and ortiz to the masses and say hey these guys can be big players and i i feel like to just tie up my ends with the pride the proud and powerful thing is they kind of ebb and flow they up they're up and they're down like there was a while there that they were just like jericho's lackeys and they're very comical and up until the uh street fright fight with the best friends not too long ago is when they really started to put themselves back on the map and in my opinion is some serious threats in this stack tag division and we'll definitely talk about the young bucks here for sure because there's a lot to unpack there as well absolutely man i mean both teams uh, at this point in their careers i mean they're easily at the top of their games they're in their prime uh proud and powerful Formerly LAX, as you mentioned, uh, from Impact Wrestling and the Indies before that. Um, yeah, man, like if you, like in the first match, if you were just a casual wrestling fan and this was your first proud and powerful match, you would have to be a fan of theirs after this. They they put out good shit, and especially with the Young Bucks, man. Both teams could wrestle broomsticks and make the broomsticks look good, probably. Um, one thing I wanted to point out with the Santana or Santana and Ortiz, uh, is Ortiz's selling, uh, that dude is just comedy gold when he, when he, uh, when he takes a hit, 
There was a yeah. Didn't he, he took a super? Yeah, kick he took and, a super kick yep. and like <laughs> almost like fish out of water yep. standing there and then fell yep. face first and like spell he falls face first like better than anybody I've seen. It's almost like he has no fear of his face just hitting that mat. Yep. <laughs> All the credit in the world to him on that. Um, the yeah, young, the young that. bucks, man. Yeah, the young bucks, man. I'll let you start. What, what do you? Th- it's been a year. We're from full gear 2019. The what? How would you describe the young bucks year? It's been an interesting one. I would call it an up and down year. Um, you know, they're they're the EVPs of the company. <clears throat> they're also, you know, are arguably not arguably the best tag team in in the whole company maybe even the world i i would argue um and, but they just don't have the championship to uh to solidify that but then you ask yourself do they really need the championship and and that's why i think they've been kind of they've been uh wanting to build people up <clears throat> um over the last year uh since AEW has been open Case in point, which I think you you have to exactly you have to build up new stars if you want to have the best tag team division in in the world, you know, or on TV at least, you gotta you gotta build the people up. Uh, case in point, the first match or first round of the uh, inaugural tag team championship tournament, uh, yeah. private party out of nowhere, beat the Young Bucks. Could, wouldn't have called that in a million years. I didn't call that because I like to. I love brackets, and I love and I had the bucks going all the way. Yep. Just busted my bracket there. <laughs> yeah, the young bucks definitely are doing their part to build up the tag division. I think that it's weird. AEW fans and just haters, if you will, too, are saying like, "Oh, you know, you see Cody with the TNT Championship twice, and everybody's like, oh, you're just building up yourself, Cody, and you're putting.' You got to build up." You've got to build up your stars to be stars, and you also have to build up that underbelly of your talent to elevate them as well. So the Young Bucks have taken that on in the tag division, and they've built up plenty of teams where, like, we're just talking, you know, Santana and Ortiz, if they won the titles, I wouldn't be shocked. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They, they, They could be a credible tag team champion. Private Party could be. Lucha Bros. I mean, there's plenty, and the Bucks are doing their part to put these guys over, and that's great. You know, they have to do that. They need to do that. But they're also – they need to win a title here and there because, like I said, you need to build your stars into stars, and people know that Cody and the Bucks are the best in the world, but if they don't have the AEW accolades to back it up, then it's not as – it doesn't mean as much. So right. I'm a big proponent of – Let's put the strap on them, which we'll talk about here towards the end when we get into our predictions for 2020 on what I think about that match coming up with FTR, which is going to be awesome. Yeah. Um, if I can add to your point with, uh, with the titles and, um, and who's got them and whatnot and building people up, um, you know, would the TNT championship be as interesting if Joey Janela was ping-ponging it around with uh, Sonny Kiss? You know, you want to you want it to be you want to build put some prestige on it, and right. Cody. I mean, I'll I don't want to say it, but I mean, I will. He's he's he can't go for the top title, 
what's he going to do otherwise? Fucking have him build some people up with it, you know? <laughs> right. Well, Cody can't go for the AW title, but Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes, on the other hand. There it is. News this week is Cody Rhodes is back to Cody Rhodes. He's no longer just Cody anymore. Thank God. It's got a better ring to it. But I digress. That's a that's a point for another day. <laughs> so who do we got? So before we move on to the next match, um, as you queue up the next match, I have to point out, shout out to, you know, the Ooh, Rock and Roll okay. Express for getting into the mix in this match. No, no, no. I, <laughs> I almost forgot to mention them, but I'm watching and I forgot that they were a part of it. And I go, oh, my God, I always forget that those dudes are like 60 years old and they still take some sick bumps. They're still doing it. Good for that. Still doing it up and down the road, man. It's it's ridiculous that the Springboard Destroyer that Ricky Morton put on uh, Ortiz, I think it was. Yeah. Um, You could tell Matt Jackson and um, the other rock and roller. I can't remember his name. Why can't I remember his name? They were. Richard Moore. Thank you. You could see him like really pull the rope to give Ricky Morton some some oomph in his jump, but it was still cool yeah. as hell seeing him jump around. And then he did a suicide dive through the fucking ropes. Oh yeah, dude, they're nuts. I love it. It, it was. I I don't care. I know we haven't had an opportunity with this particular podcast to talk too much AEW, but. I love seeing the older guys that I mean, I don't care if they're just managers or not. I know people go, AEW, all they have is all these old guys managing. Who cares? How cool is it to see Arn Anderson, Rock and Roll Express, Tolly Blanchard, you know, just out there, like getting work. You know what I mean? Like it's cool and it's, it brings you back. It doesn't hurt anything. It's awesome in my opinion. I love it. I love it. They're not. They're not getting involved in the matches. I mean, they're a little bit older than, you know, Hogan and Randy Savage were when they went into WCW, mind you. But, I mean, it's yeah. it's still great to see them. They're involved. They're- and when they – and when they do get involved in the matches, it means more because they don't get involved every single week. Like when Tully gets involved with FTR and Spike Pile drives somebody, like you're like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Tully Blanchard's out there putting in work. That's awesome. Right. So who's next up in the match card? Next, next, next we got Hangman Page versus uh, versus Pac. Pac, oh, interesting. The bastard Pac. The bastard Pac. So this was an for me. This was a very interesting matchup because Hangman is fresh off of his loss to Jericho, where everybody thought Hangman was going to be the first AEW champion, and Jericho was there to put him over. But they decide to go with Jericho. So it kind of takes the shine off a Hangman a little bit. And then this is also before this past year, Hangman had that became like the drinking character where it was like a drinking problem thing. Like he'd always been the cowboy, but then they really kind of leaned into that. So it was this weird spot with him where it was like, what do we do with Hangman next? And then, of course, Pac is always a million dollars in my opinion i think that that is a great he does a great character and he's awesome in ring and all that good stuff what'd you think of this it was a solid match man um Pac, like you said he was always entertaining uh, what was his nickname in wwe uh do you remember neville um, neville before he was no, Pac. yeah neville but the, uh, they, he was the bastard Pac. 
Neville was like the Neville thing was like some superhero thing. Yeah, that weird. sounds more right. Yeah, but I mean, he's it was it was he, trash. <laughs> he's doing the same stuff as Pac, you know, just as the bad guy, uh, flying through the air, crazy fast moves. Uh, Hangman Page is Hangman Page. He's your wrestler's wrestler. He's a, he's good shit right now. I'm like getting back in the win column. I think he picked the win up in this match, which was also Pac's first loss in AEW, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he was heavily protected mm-hmm. at the beginning of AEW because he was one of the big. I remember him showing up at the like launch party in Jacksonville in full gear, ready to fight. Yeah. I don't know why he was the only one just in gear and they like because he takes this shit serious and like so they protected him i mean it was even to a point where he was supposed to work he was supposed to work all in maybe or some match and he didn't want to work it because he didn't want to lose as the dragon gate champion yeah so they had to rework some things which i thought was going to be the downfall and i thought oh god Here's Pac being difficult. They're not gonna. They're ending up. This relationship's gonna end poorly. But thank God that was all subsided. And he has been out this past year with COVID. He recently made an appearance via video on Wednesday this past week. I have not seen it yet. I'm in the process of moving and things like that and getting some things squared away. So I plan on watching Dynamite after we get done with this. So I don't know when he said he's coming back, but that was what he was on dynamite this past Wednesday for. Do you know? Um, I also missed it, you know, you know, five month old and, you know, working, you know, six days a week, you know how it is. Um, I did see. Yes. For those listening, we are busy guys and we do this on our free time and we love the sport of wrestling, but sometimes we can't watch everything live. Don't hate us. Any comment on it later? <laughs> I did see a couple um, like still images of the uh, um, vignette that they aired, and I mean it looks it looks like it's going to be interesting with his return. They had uh, him on his little chair, and about thirty other pox all around him, like ready to explode. That's awesome. I think he's definitely sorely needed. Not sorely needed. That might be a stretch because I think they have plenty of talented people. But you you could drop Pac into the TNT title picture or AEW world title picture almost immediately, and it wouldn't be nothing. On Hangman's end, like I said, you know, in the lead up to this, is that he's it was an interesting it was an interesting time in Hangman's career in 2019, coming off the loss. He's facing Pac. He's getting back on track. His year the loss you're referring to was the most, uh, very first AEW championship match, right? Against Jericho? Okay. Yep. Yep. Jericho and him at the pay-per-view before, which I think is all out. I think so. Yep. It's all out. Okay. Then full, full gear. Yep. The, yep. He had won the tournament. They did a tournament. I believe they did a tournament. And he, him and Jericho, and he had lost to Jericho. So Jericho's AEW title holder, first one. So then Paige, after this win, goes on a bit of a run. Um, they're still not quite sure what to do with him. He's still is figuring himself out. And then, boom, they put him with Kenny Omega. He becomes the AEW tag champs over the past year. And they have now split up, albeit we were waiting who's going to turn on who, Kenny or 
page and looks like it was Kenny, which is an interesting choice. And now they are facing each other for the right to face the winner of Moxley Kingston coming up here 2020. What would you say about Hangman's year that has stood out to you leading up to full gear on Saturday? You know, Hangman, for being, what, maybe 30 years old, 32 He's our age, roughly, right? Yeah, he's <laughs> he's, and he's young. I think I thought I think he might even be more like 28, 29. I know, yeah, he's I mean, he's smart as a whip. He graduated college in like two years. Um, talented as all get out, man. He reminds me, and I'm totally stealing this from Tony Schiavone and whoever else said it, but he reminds me of uh, Barry Windham, just a little bit shorter. All the skill, though. And it's he's the sky is the limit with Hangman. Hell yeah. Which we'll we'll get into his match coming up at full gear on Saturday here <clears throat> later as we, we move down this twenty nineteen card, which is full of just good matches. And then who did we have come up next? Next we've got bad boy Joey Janella versus Sean Spears. <laughs> That's right. I thought this was later in the card for some reason, which is funny because I had just watched this. I don't have a ton of analysis for Joey Janela and Sean Spears other than I don't think they know what to do with Sean Spears because at this point he was doing the chairman gimmick because yep. he had just busted open mm-hmm. Cody Rhodes pretty, pretty bad. But now he's... He's kind of a mainstay on dark. He racks up wins there. He's still with Tully, but Tully's really more with the with mm-hmm. FTR now. So I'm not sure how long that's going to last. There was always rumors of a four horsemen thing maybe reforming and Sean being a part of that. I personally am a big Sean Spears guy. I was a big Ty Dillinger fan when he was with um, the WWE. Joey Janela for me. I, I enjoy Joey Janela. <laughs> that said, I think he's really good at taking an ass kicking <laughs> in matches. And I don't think I'm the only one that thinks that. I think he he's really good at selling and he's really good at these like you put him in these big spots with like a John Moxley and I he was supposed to wrestle Kenny Omega a couple weeks ago in this AEW number one contenders tournament, but due to his GCW he I believe is out mm-hmm. due to COVID I just don't think that they know what to do with Joey and his stuff with Sonny Kiss is a lot of a lot of fun I just don't know what Joey Janela's ceiling in AEW is as AEW figures out who they are and they keep bringing in more people it's almost like Joey's just getting shuffled down the card so for them to have a pay-per-view match is pretty impressive because I don't think I don't remember the last time they had a pay-per-view match, the two of them. I think Sean Spears got de-pantsed by Dustin Rhodes at um, Double or Nothing, and that was about it. Yeah, not not. I don't remember much for Spears for pay-per-view matches. Um, he had one <laughs> when he debuted, which was before the Cody nope. chair shot, right? Or was that maybe that was the same event? No, I think that was the Cody right. chair shot. Okay. That was the, was like, the coming out party. this is Sean Spears. Gotcha, right, He's yeah. here. 
Sean Spears is interesting. They could heat him up whenever they want. I mean, if they wanted to put him on like a five match win streak against some formal opponents, he they could do oh, that and it would be fine. I just don't know. I just don't. These two guys, the, like last year at this time, there was a big need for Sean Spears and Joey Janela. I'm thinking, like, yeah, those two are in a bit of a feud. You can do some stuff with these guys. But now, since that year, they've signed so much talent that it's almost like they're lost in the shuffle. Unless they get a second show, then they might have some room for them. But, you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm just not sure. Cause I know Joey in the past year has been vocal about his usage on AEW. And that's why he does all his indie stuff still, because he feels like he's not getting enough shine mm-hmm. in AEW. But then again, doing all that, doing all your indie stuff at this time, in this state of the world is not so reduce your chances <laughs> because for of dynamite and pay-per-views. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. I don't want to say doing it. I don't want to say doing well, indie is bad. Not, I don't yeah. want to say that's not smart. I'm just saying, if you want to be on AEW, they have a very strict, you know, protocol mm-hmm. for COVID. And if you fail, you're out right. and that could hurt your spot. Just a couple of things I wanted to say about the match. Um, like, like you said, Sean Spears, I'm a Sean Spears guy too. Um, a lot, a lot of guys I've heard with other wrestling podcasts, they say, you know, if you were to create a mold of what a pro wrestler would look like, uh, Scott Hall is a good example. Um, I think Sean Spears is a modern day example of what a you know a pro wrestler mold would look like. Um, and seeing him in the ring with Joey Janela, or as Corny will call him, Joey Nutella. Um, he, uh, <laughs> J- Joey Janela just looked tiny next to Sean Spears. I, I don't want to say he doesn't belong in AEW, but, but like you said, I'm, yeah, I just don't know what his ceiling looks like. He's entertaining as hell. He takes an ankle with him great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I like Joey Janela as much as the next guy. He likes my white claw games yeah. when I include Joey Janela in white claw games. He's, he's, I just, with the current landscape of AEW, because this is how we do this podcast, what a difference a year makes. We talk about the differences in the year. And last year, mm-hmm. I feel like there was a need for Joey. This year, I feel like if Joey was out of AEW, you wouldn't even notice, for better or for worse. I don't think anybody would be like, oh, shoot, that's, right. a, big, that's a huge loss. And that's good or bad, I don't know. That's for the fans. Kind of an, it, they've got so much talent signed. I think a, there's a lot of people that have been off and on Dynamite that you would think, well, you know, I, I, could, I could take or leave them. Exactly. And it could be because of the, where the world is today with the pandemic mm-hmm. is also part of that where, you know, maybe there's, you know, a good section of the roster isn't available to be there, but you're starting to notice like, okay, well, you know, heck even Pac, for instance, like having Pac back, that's phenomenal. That's awesome. That'll add a different dynamic to dynamite, but have we sorely missed him for the last six months? No, maybe not. Maybe not. You know what yeah. I mean? Maybe not. I mean, if you're right. a huge Pac fan, then yes. But is he central and critical to the storylines that they have now? No. So we just we'll just keep on cruising down. Next, this we got uh, a three-way for the tag team championships: Lucha Bros, 
Private Party and SCU are the champions. And this match was a banger. Oh my gosh. They're, everybody involved in this match does phenomenal work, in my opinion. And Private Party still Ooh, hasn't no. even hit their ceiling in they're terms of what it, they can they're do. Almost, they're nearly amazing as, as, a, as a young tag team. They're almost great. <laughs> yes. So for those listening and don't remember, the first ever AEW Tag Team Champions were SCU. Of all the tag team champions they could have had. And there's nothing wrong with that. But this was also that weird spot where Christopher Daniels was potentially the exalted one. Or he was going through some goofy stuff with the Dark Order guys. Has he been been back on TV yet? He he comes back at the end of this match to help out. But he hadn't really been around because I remember they were. I remember SCU was a huge focal point of the show when it started, and like that. I think Daniel said something along the lines, "I might be wrong," but he was like, "You know, Sky Kazarian, you guys take care of this tag team shit for now," because he was injured, and then he, yeah, just a lot of stuff. They did a Christopher. Daniels. They did a uh, Pentagon Junior run in on Christopher Daniels, took him out. And yeah, they did. They love doing came that, out in his uh, in his uh, civilian clothes and wrestled the match with uh, Kazarian. That's right. Okay, yeah, that that's that's okay. I thought that happened that, on Dynamite. Yo, that did, did happen, happen on Dynamite because like that was the first uh, match of the tag team tournament. Okay. Jeremy, you had me thinking for a second that I just watched this and I was wrong. I was like, wait, I just watched it. What the hell's going on? But no, this match was a lot of fun. And the thing is in AEW with the tag division is it was a smart move to give it to SCU. It kind of, again, like we talked earlier, you got to build up some other talent. And there's nothing wrong with a guy like Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky, two of the best in the business. And then, you know, you put them in there with the Lucha Bros. It's great. And then Private Party, they can all you know, play off each other so well. Um, the tag division as a whole now, a year later, is a much different ball game, and we'll talk about that here in a little bit. But what very entertaining match. It was it was easy to keep track of the action because they didn't they didn't run it like a traditional triple threat match. They had two people in the ring at a time, and one tag team had both their members out. So it was a little easier to keep track of the action. Um, and with, I mean, with all three of these teams, you learned real quick with private party, you know, they, they're going to be a team to watch. But you knew already with Lucha Bros and SCU what you were getting, you know, two great tag teams. If you ever saw, you know, Lucha Underground, you got a taste of Pentagon and Phoenix there. SCU came up, uh, was pretty big throughout um, – the TNA and the impact wrestling days and ring of honor, right? They came up through those leagues. Yeah. Kazarian or no, Daniels has been wrestling he, for over 30 years. Like I know that they celebrated yeah. Jericho, but Daniels he was on um, longer WCW and, TV, like towards the very end of that run, I think. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, those guys are seasoned veterans, and they're great guys to have on your roster, especially with a young team like uh, Private Party. That's definitely helpful. I I love the Lucha Bros as much as I enjoy them. I don't know how much of a mentorship they could do because they are just so wild in the ring and they don't <laughs> follow any rules and they're just spot at fest point, after spot fest which I am in this I am a I am a Phoenix Mark. Thank yeah that that's something we can talk about. FTR's inclusion and FTR, which are the te- current tag team champions who are wrestling this Saturday at full gear against the Bucks have been very vocal about the tag team rules. I know Jericho was vocal about the tag team rules as well well behind the scenes. And I'm glad to see that they've cleaned it up a little bit because as much as I enjoyed the matches, it is a little chaotic. And if you are, you know, a fan of the sport, right? If we were a baseball fan and something and they weren't following Mm -hmm. rules, we'd be losing our minds. So to follow, you don't have to be super strict, but following some of some of the rules. And when you get, when you get the Lucha Bros in the ring early on in this AEW, you know, tenure, it was not rule following. And I am a Phoenix Mark. I think Ray Phoenix is some of the best footwork in the business. And I'm also a huge Isaiah Cassidy guy too. I know everybody loves Mark Quinn, but I think Isaiah mm-hmm. Cassidy's the sky's the limit with him. Just so I just wanted to throw that out there. Any chance I can put over Isaiah Cassidy, I'm going to do it. You know, when <laughs> when I first saw Private Party, I wasn't sure who came first. Um, the, the SmackDown tag team, uh, Street Profits, Street Profits or Private Party. They remind they both reminded Street me Profits. of the other one, but they are different enough. I don't really think think they're uh, ripoffs of each other. Yeah. I know people are like, yeah, that's the same gimmick. I think it's a similar gimmick, but then again, there's similar gimmicks throughout wrestling. But Private Party and Street Profits do their own thing. I think, like, it's just, like you said, I can't put my finger on it, but it's just different enough where it's not something where I'm like, oh, that's the exact same carbon copy. But I'd love to see those two go out. I'd love to see a Street Profits. Street mm-hmm. Profits private party match. It'd be a lot of fun. Any other thoughts on uh, on that match here? Oh, excuse me. I've got no. I've got no other yep. thoughts on that match. I know SCU retains, and they eventually lose to Omega and Page a little bit down the line, which started off the storyline that you know Omega and Page are facing off on Saturday. So there was a lot of intrigue in this match. If you're looking back with 2020 Oof. vision, like we are. What a year that's been. (laughs) Isn't it nice to have 2020 vision and be able to look back on these things and go, that's exactly what they were doing. So next, sir, ready? We have got Riho versus Emi Sakura. I hope I didn't butcher that too bad. Or you... you, If you weren't sure, maybe you would have thought she was Freddie Mercury coming out to the ring. Which was entertaining. I'll, I'll give. I'll give her that. That was probably. <laughs> I gotta be Go honest. Ahead. I gotta be honest. I watched this. I watched Full Gear back today, and I had forgotten about Riho and Emi Sakura all together as like same even part of the same. roster. And the Freddie Mercury gimmick. 
I don't understand it because it's such an old reference. Like it's, it's like, why is this? And there's no, and the commentating team, cause I've watched every dynamite since they've opened, because I believe that more wrestling is good and better for business. So if AEW succeeds, it's better for everybody. So I make sure to give them, and I like it too. It's I'm not just watching it just to watch it, but they don't, ever bring up the Freddie Mercury like why she's Freddie Mercury and she was involved early on in AEW in a lot of high profile matches because she is a a legend in Japan and she's a veteran and she can have a good match with anybody so but I just it just doesn't click for me because I'm like huh I don't know why she's doing that Freddie Mercury and Queen haven't been like super popular in like unless you just saw the documentary that they put out a few years ago. I don't know. They, so you, you they did to me, mention Jeremy, it I'm in kind of a throwaway perfect. comment on her way to the ring that she was a big Queen fan uh, and a big inspiration was Freddie Mercury. Um, but, yeah, I agree with you. That's It's kind of outdated. <laughs> but why base your wrestling character around put it over the top? Mustache. I mean, it, if she didn't have that, it was just it was total total mess. <laughs> um, it was your typical teacher versus student story, is what they were going with in this match. And the student became the right. teacher, and with Riho getting the win. And I, I must say this too: wow. I'm not a big Riho fan either, and I. That's another one I just don't get, and it's it's also because she if weighs that. like ninety pounds, <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with yeah, there's nothing wrong with smaller people wrestling. It's just like, but when she does like her like coup de gras <laughs> stomps, they don't look like it hurts. <laughs> like a mosquito landing on Nyla Rose, <laughs> just like she's stomping on Sakura's chest. And then she, you know, she wrestled that pro. She's the first AEW Women's Champion. She faced off yep. with Nyla Rose. I thought Nyla should have won. I thought that would have been a, like, here's Nyla. She's a beast. She's about to kick ass and just rough shot over this division. They went with Riho. And then the match with Riho and Nyla didn't do either one of those two any favors because I thought that for the first half of their match, they were trying to figure each other out, which could have been why maybe I wasn't at this point in Riho's like time at AEW like a fan because I just was still trying to figure out who she was. And I have memories of that Nyla Rose match not being great, but this match was really good. I'll give them that. The two of them played off each other. Really yeah, well. man, that's that's really all I. Yeah, I <laughs> I don't have anything else to add to that one. <laughs> Well, then eventually Riho lost her to this Nyla past Rose. year. She's, yeah. She lost her title to Nyla Rose, who's then then Nyla lost to Sheeta, and that's where Sheeta's at. She still has the title, and she's looking like they're pushing her to the moon and not Riho. But I have to imagine that the Riho thing wasn't done. It's just, again... I picked a really interesting time in the world to start a what a difference a year makes podcast because the pandemic has definitely crippled a lot of plans for a lot of wrestling promotions as well as there's no fans in the stands. We'll see if there's fans on Saturday because they've started to let some trickle in an AEW, but they're, you know, 
that's neither here nor there. Unless you've got anything else you want to add to the Nyla or to the Riho Emmy match. Let's, we can uh, move on. let's move it on here. Move oh, on that down the road. Mustache. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stop thinking about that mustache. <laughs> and I mean, it was, it was a glorious looking <laughs> fake mustache, if I, if I could say so. Good. <laughs> Good, 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 good for her. Her fake mustache looks Next like Next on the list, uh, almost the main event, but not quite. We got uh, the now Cody Rhodes again with with Maxwell Jacob Friedman in his corner versus Chris Jericho with Jake Hager for the AEW title. Ah, yes. Are we allowed to say, though, that this is technically the main event, given that the match I mean, after that Now that you say that, I kind of remember them saying that, that uh, Cody Jericho was the main event. Yeah, they because they even did the, like, sh- they did the sh- shut the lights off thing. We'll talk about that in a minute. But, yes, Cody Jericho world title. Jer- uh, Cody, up until this point, up until this match with Jericho, mm-hmm. is cutting some of the best promos of his career. Like he was, the crowds were eating it up. He was, and he was on all all cylinders. And he makes the claim in this promo, the leading up to this big match, that if he loses, he will never challenge for the world title. Old world ever again. <laughs> I, oh my god, and I. I cringed when he said it then and looking back on it now, yes, it's professional wrestling and yes, you can, you can talk yourself out of that, but we're a year later and the bucks are now saying the same thing in their matchup to FTR with FTR coming up at full gear, which we will talk about sooner. So I have to ask you, Jeremy, how do you feel about those bold statements? You know, when when Cody did it last year, (laughs) excuse me, it had a lot of meaning. Now, this year, hearing it again, exactly a year later, it's not so much meaning. Um, it depends on the situation, you know. If if there was any other champion besides Jericho, um, may not really feel be necessary to say that. Not that it was necessary in the first place, but uh, I mean, if, if I'm thinking like maybe Cody was thinking. You know he's the EVP. He's got a he's got to work to put other people over. He can't just always put himself over, which would be the smart play. So I mean, maybe it was just kind of a way of working himself into into that angle to where he could never get it until some legal loophole comes through, which which may be happening right now. <laughs> <clears throat> <laughs> right, as we talked earlier, he changed his name. So Cody ultimately ends up losing the match to Jericho, and it was a decent match. Cody gets busted up early. I don't know if it was intentional or not, but as Cody's track record in AEW has shown, it was probably intentional. I, I was going to ask you, man, what do you think? So much. When he did that uh, suicide dive and he went head first into the ramp, do you think he bladed, or do you think that was hard work? I I want to say it was a hard way because I looked back yeah. and I'm thinking it looks uh-huh. like he did eat it wrong on the suicide dive. But like <laughs> I said, I've got perfect vision 2020 given the past 
you know, <laughs> matches he's had. The dude bleeds during <laughs> promos at this point. Like he, he is just bleeds all the time. Team. I don't understand it. And I get why he does. I get why he does it. He loves the sport, all that fun stuff. But again, if you do something every single week, it means less and less and less. If you space these things out and you make them feel like big deals, like we're just talking with the stipulation, I'll never challenge for the title again. If you do that every year, oh, well, here's another person saying they're not going to challenge for a title. It loses some of its luster and it paints you into a corner. Agreed. But so for Cody, his past year has been pretty successful. He's a two-time AEW, two-time AEW TNT championship. Is that, I think it's just TNT championship. I don't think it's that AEW's TNT championship. He's put on a string of great matches, which, again, looking back, he had one with Eddie Kingston, oh, yeah. which stole the show not too long ago on a Dynamite, and now Eddie Kingston has put himself into a title picture with John Mox this Saturday. So Cody's doing his rankings matter. (laughs) Not that I don't like Eddie Kingston, but he just got there and he's already in a title shot. (laughs) I know. So they have these, yeah, you're right. And they have these rankings. So in theory, what they should have done with the tournament is the top five are in the tournament. Plus, you know, three wild cards to make it eight. That's what I would have done. If you're going to stick to the rankings, if you're going to say yes, and that's that's something we can talk about real quick. AEW has been, you know, we're sports centric, we're rankings, and rankings do matter. And I think that they do to an extent. It is still a cool visual to see, like, oh, that's we're having a number two versus number three matchup. But you can't. I guess you can't always do it. And the right. mostly there's a lot of history between the so two. So personal and so good right i think you can let it slide i again i wouldn't every single week uh, every pay-per-view put up the worst rest i wouldn't have peter avalon taking on john moxley in a title picture just for shits and giggles but so if you can do it and it's good then do it but yeah the rankings are kind of muddled right now i'm not sure the the tag team rankings seem to matter more than anything those rankings seem to matter more than the TNT title and the AW title. TNT title, they're giving Cassidy shots, and he's losing, but they're giving Orange Cassidy shots. I'm not sure why. I'm not sure. what. I know why Orange Cassidy is a huge draw, right. but if he keeps losing, it takes away from Orange Cassidy. So let's get back. Maybe they'll get back to the rankings. Right. They are coming up. They did say they reset the rankings yearly. <clears throat> Or the records yearly. So they are, it is November. Maybe they're just like, eh, this is the last pay-per-view of the year anyway, because they're not going to have another one. Let's just roll with it. Because they don't do another pay-per-view. All out? Or Revolution? Oh, that's right. Yep. That's uh, Revolution. Yep. Yeah, they only do four years. So this is the last one. This is it. Yeah, so maybe that could be. I don't know. I know that it is a big, big sticking point for AEW haters is that the rankings. But yeah, some things you just you you roll with. You strike with the iron's hot. You figure out a creative way to get around the rankings. But yes, I'd hope I'd like to see them go back to like really 
using those as a tool to like tell me who's next and mm-hmm. it, it makes for good TV, I think. So that is technically I, full gear 2019. May I remind you the, the finish of Cody Jericho match? Uh, Jericho, I believe, yes, had Cody in the walls of Jericho and MJF threw the towel in. Someone threw this towel. <laughs> Man, you got me talking about rankings and got me all fired up. And I, yeah. So he throws in the towel, which starts the Cody MJF mm-hmm. feud, which was amazing. You know, MJF ends up kicking Cody in the balls, turning on Cody, which we all expected. Which now MJF yep. is in a program with trying to get into the inner circle. Which had he not kicked Cody in the balls, we probably wouldn't be thinking, oh shit, MJF is gonna and we'll talk about more, we'll talk about that more when we get into our predictions, but MJF is gonna be turning on Jericho, but I don't know what's going on there. A lot of good oh, shit coming yeah. up with that. <laughs> Marks are flying. So yeah, now now so the, the unsanctioned match, yep. which didn't happen, they turned the lights off and turned <laughs> them back on. Now the show's over. Omega Moxley. I can't because at the first dynamite, Mox puts mm-hmm. uh, Omega through the glass table with the paradigm shift, and then those two just go at each other for. What felt like three hours. Yes. The match to me took forever. <laughs> so much so. Then they end up at a spot, you know, they pull out a board with mouse traps on it. They get suplexed through the spider web of barbed wire. Yep. Moxley ends up Moxley winning, I win. believe. And Moxley ends up winning, which was the right move. Moxley's in the company. They needed, you know, they wanted to show him off, make him, you know, the star, the focal point, which they've done because he's taken that and become AW world champ. And he's been world champ for most of the at, years. Uh, I believe this he wins last, it at the next past year's revolution, I think. Jericho. So he's, he's nearly two years. Yep. Yep. So since February. He's undefeated this year. Omega has been up and down with Paige, and he was a tag team champ. We got, we got now the cleaner he's back. Trying to get back to the old Kenny phase. <laughs> the cleaner. He had like some girls come out, cheer him on the other day. <laughs> but oh, yeah, but this match was. This match got the Maryland uh, board, athletic board all up in a bunch, and AEW had to pay a fine due to all the, the blood and the the violence. Because, and this was a very like polarizing match for AEW in its early stages because it was a lot of people thought it went too far. Yeah, I don't think it went too far. Yeah, just a little bit too, too and a lot of it too long. <laughs> um, I think I saw. I was looking at match times. Um, Cody and Jericho went 27 or 28 minutes and Moxley Omega went like 38 minutes. Perfect. Yeah. And if they would have went 25 minutes for this, it would have been perfect. 
I mean, more wrestling is good wrestling, but at the end of a card like we've just discussed, there was a lot to unpack there. Spot fist. And then you're sitting through a 40-minute, <laughs> you know, death match, if you will, or whatever you wanted, they called it. Yeah, it's just like, and you could see that they were pulling out things to do certain spots, and it didn't really all just flow. So a 40-minute match that flows, and there's all sorts of just, it just all works out smooth. It's great, but when you're pulling out boards with, mousetraps and stuff on it it's like all right we know what you're doing and it was still some good spots it was a good good match i just mm-hmm. wish like you said it was shorter 25 minutes would have been perfect yeah that, uh, that wraps up the show man so <clears throat> well that wraps up yeah 2019's full gear which as we always do if you're if you're a regular listener so what a difference a year makes is we talk about 2019 and 2020s coming up Saturday. We'll burn through some predictions real quick. That way we can get you folks out of here and back to doing whatever it is you do. But we appreciate you stopping by and listening to us. So, Jeremy, where do you want to start? Let's on start the from the bottom and work our way up. Full gear. This I think year. a few of these we can get through quick. <laughs> We can go so real quick Serena with the buy-in if you don't have that because they just announced Allison K versus Serena Deeb for the end yeah, for the uh, NWA Women's Championship. I think Allison K b- big statement win and if AEW yeah she didn't her, they, they didn't too, she just huge was this division. released or she didn't resign with NWA so she's kind of in flux right now. Um, Serena Deeb is NWA contracted. So I, you know, I, if I'm going to pick one of them, I'm going with the former, if I, if I'm not mistaken, she was in the straight edge society with, uh, CM Punk. Back in the day. Yes. I'm, I'm yes. going, Serena I'm picking Deeb her was with, the with straight this edge one. Society girl that shaved her head. All right, so we we're difference of opinion on the buy-in match. That's Next, fine. we got uh, we got Orange Cassidy versus John Silver right, of the Dark Order. Now, I hadn't seen that this match was made official yet. So, as which, I could tell it if is. it's listed, you you're the man with the no. Um, yeah. It's got to be. Yeah, oh right. my god! No, that's fine. I'm just saying I hadn't seen that one. Maybe I skipped it. But my guy Jeremy always comes straight with them notes, and he's always prepared, and that's why I love him, and he does the show with me. Um, <laughs> that's tough because I love John Silver. Like he's been, uh, like, I think I love really John Silver following through Cassidy. being the elite, right? He's been on fire. Yeah, because they're doing like. The Dark Order does almost strictly comedy on being the elite, and John Silver is just comedy gold. Like he's very quick, and it's funny. And like when they got picked to be in the tournament for what was that? Oh, the tag team number one contenders match. <laughs> he had acted like he'd already won the tag titles, which I just thought was the funniest thing I'd ever seen. But if I'm gonna play this as a betting man. It's Orange Cassidy. He's the one of the biggest stars. Um, He'll get the win. Just to stay a little different from you, I'm going to say uh, disqualification. I think uh, the Dark Order, a couple of those other numbers are going to get in there and interfere. Yeah, they could do that. 
Orange Cassidy just just call. well yeah, no actually he just took a sure. loss to Cody but it was to Cody so I mean I that could go either way but I'll, I'll stick with Silver or DQ. I will say Orange Cassidy is the type of wrestler, and I know I talked about it earlier about you can't have Orange Cassidy keep losing, but I do think Orange mm-hmm. Cassidy is the type of guy that wins and losses don't necessarily matter for him. I think yeah. he's over; he'll be over either way. Kids love him. I mean, the amount of Hall- Orange Cassidy Halloween costumes I saw popping up—I didn't. On the I didn't find some of those. week was insane. <laughs> Oh, that's incredible. Yeah, a lot of people dressed up as Orange Cassidy. So Next, I think that dude's over no matter Chris what. Chris Jericho but versus MJF. Stipulation being, if MJF wins, he will join the inner circle. What a weird stipulation. I was talking about this this past Tuesday on um, – the Spotlight Series podcast I did with Mr. Warren Hayes. Shameless plug on my part. Please go check that out. I think Warren Hayes is phenomenal in the uh, wrestling media business, if you will, or content creating. Anyway, what a weird stipulation. If you kick my ass and you beat me, you can join my crew. <laughs> like, it's just kind of, it kind of, it's weird. But to circle back, Last year at this time, MJF was one of the hottest heels in the business. If you said, who's the best heel in the business, is MJF. And now he's subjected to doing these like town hall meetings and trying to get in the inner circle. And Jericho wants him in the inner circle, but wants him to beat him. I'm not it gonna feels say, like, like it. a student-teacher like type it. deal, you think? Is that what we're getting at yeah. here? Yeah. Passing of the torch kind of moment, which... Jericho's done, you know, he won. He was the first ever AW champion. I don't think Jericho needs a title. He's one of those guys that his presence there is just great. I think you, if you want to keep, if a, this will say a lot. This, let me say this. This match, whoever, if MJF wins or loses, says a lot about his standing with AW in terms of like, is he still the next, the next guy like he was when they were talking about him with Moxley? Like, oh, MJF, you know, he's the future of the business. And so we all thought he was going to beat Moxley. Is he still the future of the business? Does he beat Chris Jericho? Does Chris Jericho put him over? And then he's in the inner circle? I think it does. That's why this is so weird to me. I'm like, I just... Because he, he doesn't need the inner circle. The inner circle doesn't it's, need MJF. I think MJF it's going to be... this. You know, this could be the seeds of, of an inner circle breakup, um, as well as MJF and Wardlow splitting up. Um, you know, you mentioned last year. Oh, he's which they yeah, should. Wardlow is super dude. Good. He does the F five better than Brock Lesnar. Great run without MJF. <laughs> it's exactly. Uh, you mentioned yeah. last year MJF Two being hot as heel. Even when he was kind of playing on that line of babyface when he was uh, backing up Cody, I still couldn't stand him. I still I couldn't get behind him, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. He's, he is in a natural just <laughs> heel 
piece of shit. And I say that in like the nicest way possible because I think MJF yep. is phenomenal. Exactly. Um, but you, the hate... idea that you can't stand him is the point. Okay. <laughs> but I, I have a. I'm gonna. I just. I'm gonna. I was just going to say, I didn't, I realized I didn't pick a winner. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go with MJF because I think the two of them bouncing off each other would be a lot of fun until one of them. I, turns. I, I also think MJF is going like to win this one and join the inner going. circle. Uh, <laughs> this time last year, Jericho was still kind of playing that shit heel kind of role. Um, but over the, with, with the work he did with orange Cassidy, he kind of morphed into, yeah. um, a cool heel like the crowd whenever there's a big enough crowd they're even the small crowds right now they're singing along to his song um i can't boo that you know he needs to do a face turn yeah. and mjf coming into the inner circle i think is the move to make that happen Right. That that's an excellent point. I was thinking the same thing watching back something and I'm thinking everybody's supposed Jericho's supposed to be the bad guy here, but everybody sings his theme song. That is a baby face move. And if MJF does get in the inner circle and ultimately he turns on Jericho, Jericho could play the face. So or we get a finger poke a doom situation where Jericho just pokes him and they lay mm-hmm. down and <laughs> <laughs> I bring that up jokingly, but I'd love to see another finger poke do. I would love to see another finger poke. Uh, we got Hikaru Shida versus Nia right, Rose with Vicky next? Guerrero for the women's championship. Interesting. So for me, I really like Shida, but I also like Nyla Rose a lot. I don't think Nyla is the one to take it off of Sheeta. I think it's going to be Britt. Like I, I said am, early last year. <laughs> so for me, for me, I think I'm going to stick with Sheeta. I wouldn't be shocked if they gave it to Nyla just because I think they're high on her too. Plus, I love Vicky Guerrero. <laughs> I think Vicky Guerrero could do a lot of fun things with a. She she has done a lot of fun things right. with her client, if you will, is the world. Right, I'm gonna go Nyla Older. Rose here. So make her the first two-time women's AEW women's champion. Um, and with with an advocate like Vicky Guerrero this time, you know that they could keep the title Damn. on her for for a year at least. Until Brett Bay, I. I agree with you yeah. on that one. Britt they Baker would be until Britt, they probably like will be the, the next champion. She'd be the one to take it off, Sheeta or Nyla Rose. Right. I'm just not sure when they do it. Like I said, having that space though, man, it really helps uh, with the title reigns and, but, and piling up prestige know. on them so, kind of quick with the just the one year they've been active. Yeah, and it and it definitely helps. Yeah, and it helps the build, and it makes. I do like it because you know, like the WWE. Not to make this a WWE AEW comparison podcast, so bear with me. But when they have a pay per view back to back or month every month, and then sometimes they throw one in there where it's almost every two weeks, it does 
give you more opportunities to move the title. But when they don't move the title, you're like, oh, my God, they're just going to do this again at the next pay-per-view. So it'll be interesting to see where the landscape is come revolution in a few months, uh, yeah. about five, four or five months. <laughs> oh, it's actually, shoot, it's like three months away. Oh, my God. Time right. has flown this year. Yeah, February is like three yeah, months away, not like five. I'm losing my mind. Matt All Hardy right, versus next? Sammy Guevara <laughs> in a ultimate deletion match. Ultimate deletion. Can you believe that? I'm sorry. We did not need this again. I like, I love Sammy Guevara and I love Matt Hardy. And what they did the first go around would have been a great match. Almost but we all know what happened. The concussion, the knockout, and then they restarted the match. I, I, I just feel like if I was AEW, I would not want that to be fresh in anybody's mind. I would have stayed away from this. But in that aspect, maybe this has something to do with the MJF. Jericho matchup, maybe Sammy loses, MJF wins, you know, Sammy becomes the outcast of the inner circle type deal, because I can't imagine you're going to have Matt Hardy lose this one, unless you know, they're really wanting to push Sammy and put him over, but then him being in the inner circle cripples his chance to be well, you know, to to have a great singles run. I don't know. Agreed. I would have stayed away. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I think it's Matt Hardy's due due for a win. Um, Get Sammy Guevara. Yeah. That's a good point. Maybe have him be like the, the weak link and, uh, and MJF moves to, to get, to kick him out. That would stick Sammy right in the uh, TNT championship picture. Have him go a few rounds with Cody. Right. That is very true. I forgot. And they can put on a match because they've wrestled the first match in Dynamite history together. And it was a great match. Yeah, that that could be an interesting move depending on how they do the card. You know, you have MJF come in and want to make some sweeping changes and say, hey, Sammy, you don't win. You know, here I got, you know, Jake Hager's winning in Bellator. You're losing to Matt Hardy, who's like 60. You know, just I'm going to stick with you on that one. Matt Hardy it is. I'm I'm going to go with Matt Hardy. Next, John Moxley versus Eddie Kingston for the AEW World title. Who's left? Oh, this stuff is so good. Can I just say, Eddie Kingston versus John Moxley is not a match that I ever thought I like needed to have until it happened, and now I can't get enough of it. Like. If you would have said, here's AEW's roster, pick out a dream match for Mox, Kingston might not have made my top five. But now that I've seen it, oh my God, those two are cutting. Like when they speak, I feel it. I think it's real. It's rooted in this just like their whole history together. They were face to face on Wednesday night. I mean, Kingston was talking, they were both talking about Kingston's mom. It was, it's just, I have to say, I think this match in terms of like the passion behind it is going to, is going to eclipse Omega Moxley at full gear last year. I think this match has potential to be even better just because there's so Um, much like 
real hatred behind Go ahead. it, if you will. That said, I'm going to go with Mox. I'm going to go with Moxley as much as I love Eddie Kingston. I'm glad I stumbled across Eddie Kingston in NWA and I've been following him ever since. I think he's phenomenal on the mic. I think a world title run with Eddie Kingston would be a lot of fun and be very interesting. I agree. To watch, I agree. I I'm going Moxley as well. Um, I just don't you think know, they're going to do that. We all know what, what, what Moxley's all about. Um, for me, Eddie Kingston, you know, if I could sound like Mauro Ronaldo for a second, he came in like a wrecking ball. Um, fucking man. He's, he's captivated and got my attention almost purely <laughs> on promos. Um, the first match you had in AEW against Cody for the TNT title, I would call it a banger. Um, and he, everything he's done since he's been there has been great shit. It was. I wish I could, I wish I had the brain to remember the promo he cut in the NWA when it was on YouTube on Tuesdays and doing the Billy Corgan NWA, he had cut a promo because somebody turned on him and it was just like, I couldn't, I watched it more than once and seeing him pop up in AEW and do the same thing. Like I'll watch an Eddie Kingston promo again and go, Oh man, like it's so good. You, like, you just you feel like that yes. guy is like, it's, this is him crazy. living the gimmick, if you will. Like this is him. So, uh, so give me this. I, I didn't think I needed it. I didn't think I wanted it. But now that it's here, I'm going to be sad when they move on to other things. I'm super interested to see how this ends because Kingston's like, I'm not going to quit. You can't make me quit. And I'm wondering how he, how Mox is going to make him quit. It's going to take some, right. And we almost didn't get it. I don't know how often or if all you listen to talk is Jericho. But he was on a week or two ago, maybe a few weeks back, and he mentioned uh, that he was at, he was in talks with uh, with WWE as well. I think to go into NXT. I'll have to check back. I'm not sure if I heard that one. I did listen to his AEW Unrestricted one. I don't think they brought that part up at all, but. I definitely, if he was on talk as Jericho he, and I yeah, missed it, I'm going to have to circle back because he is good I find Eddie Kingston fascinating. I'll listen to anything that guy does. And I'm also the, I'm the type of person who don't give me that, like, oh, you don't remember any of like, Eddie Kingston independent stuff? No, I don't. And I didn't see it. I'm gladly going to circle back and watch some of it. But if I find a person because of AEW or because of WWE, that's great. And I can go and watch their back catalog. Finding a new wrestler, whether right. they're super famous now or just when they were beginning, doesn't matter. It's just finding the person. And I found me, a, I found Eddie Kingston, and I love Eddie Kingston. I don't think he's going to win. We will super support sad. him nonetheless. <laughs> but I will, I'll get over it. That's right. I'm here to support him. He's made a lifelong fan out of me in the short time that yeah. he's been in Next on the list. Over this past year. So. We are getting there. I think we are to FTR versus the Young Bucks. Almost main event here. We're getting there. Finally. But this would be the co. I thought the same thing. 
This should this should main event the show. If they I, could mix it up, I think it should main event the show. It still could. I think they're going to go with Omega and Paige, which they could. Um, but yes, we 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 touched on it earlier. I'll bring it back up. FTR Young Bucks AEW World Championships. The championship has eluded the Young Bucks this entire time they've been in AEW. They have boldly made the claim that they will never challenge for the titles again if they lose to FTR, which I think is very silly on their part because it's fresh in our minds from Cody right. doing it. And that just says to me that they uh, have part to of win. part of the stipulation of the match title or the match description I read was uh Tolly Blanchard will be banned from ringside. So that's I think uh, I think he'll end up showing up at some point, and some uh, tomfoolery will be pulled. But uh, but yeah, I, it's got to be the Bucks this time. You can't have. Which the Bucks have been been being kind of like. But everything else in between, they're still acting like faces, right? Like commentators and stuff, and. It's confusing. Right, yeah. It's just when you bring up Adam Page, if you bring up Adam Page or FTR, they get really shitty, but any other time they're not. I, it, it's a weird dynamic, and I feel like we could have just, we could have done, this is a feud that didn't need the belts. Having the belts is a great layer to it, though, and I think it's a nice idea, and it, it really like puts some high stakes on it, which makes the match even better. But then to say, hey, we'll never challenge again is so stupid. Because, one, we know you're the EVPs. You don't have to write that in script. If one thing AEW's done since they've been around is they've not made their fans to feel stupid like the WWE does, their fans know who writes the show. They write the show. They book the show. You don't need to put that stipulation in because if you win it's because you had to or you'll never be champs again. And if you win, you've just cheapened FTR. Who's just starting to get some steam and their title runs going to be a little shorter than it might, might've been otherwise. So I'm a little conflicted. I'm going to go with the young bucks. It's finally time for them to get the titles. I have a feeling we're going to see the elite get all these titles and then come do you back. See, do you see the elite just as uh, the Bucks, the Kenny, and uh, Hangman, or do you include Cody in, in that? I would include Cody in that in the future. If they ever decided to do that where they all got the gold and kind of turned into these, like, arrogant asshats that are like we run the company if i could like that could be if i could piggyback off that idea if they all keep it the the original four elite omega page and the bucks and then you have potentially a new four horsemen on the other side with ftr sean spears and cody rhodes you could get years of rivalries out of that yeah, you could do that, and then there gives you like a bit of the dynamic. Oh yeah, they could do that. That's shoot, that's a great idea too. And like have Cody have the TNT Championship, and Paige or somebody's trying to take it from him, 
to complete it and they're fighting and then maybe you get the blood and guts match with that with those eight guys opposed to what they were going to do yeah all sorts of stuff there's a lot of potential there same boat. I'm there, gonna go with the Bucks. Bucks. It's I their think night. they get it done. Finally, they have to get it done. They don't have a choice. <laughs> Two, I think. All right, so I think there's one more match. Cody versus Darby Allen for the TNT title. Up. Two. Who'd I miss? That's right. I forgot. <laughs> this. I forgot. I, I completely forgot about Cody if and Darby. This, if, the, if the match that's why I order is all the notes what is on the internet right now, that match is the co- um, right before the main event, um, which would kind of make more sense having it there if one of the rumors I heard yeah. about this match comes to fruition. Uh, there's a lot of rumors and talk about Sting coming in and being like a manager for Darby Allen. What? Which I think I would love. <laughs> Interesting. Again, like I said earlier, I'm all for bring older, older guys back and let them manage these younger guys. It could only help this roster. If we're just talking strictly right. like you bring in a guy like Sting to mentor Darby Allen, that mm-hmm. only helps Darby Allen become a bigger star. Somebody needs to mentor Darby Allen. Darby Allen, the reason he's not bigger, in my opinion, is because it's a catch-22 with him. The reason we love him is because he has no fear and he goes balls to the wall and he goes 110 miles an hour. But at the same time, he has no fear. He goes balls to the wall and he gets hurt a lot because he has no, like, he has, like, no filter in his brain goes, that's a dumb idea. I probably shouldn't take myself out of the casino battle royal five minutes in doing a s- silly skateboard stunt where I mess up my ankle. Things like that are the, you know. So that's why I'm going with Cody. I think Cody wins. He keeps the streak going as two time champ. He's going to have some dark order interference here. Darby Allen's got some stuff going on with Ricky Starks and, uh, Brian Cage. So I think there's going to be some tomfoolery here at the end between somebody, but ultimately Cody's going to get the win. But if Sting comes back, that could be a big deal. If you're if that rumor is true, Sting comes back. I would hope put the that, belt is this, on Darby. This would that be Darby Allen's second TNT championship opportunity, or maybe just his first one. He's they've definitely wrestled each other before, but not for the TNT title. Yep. No, he, he had he went. Yeah, they went to a twenty-minute right. draw. I thought it was for the TNT title, but yeah, they he he had an early match. So I, you know, I could if, draw if things happen that way. Over as the next mix in thing. some of your predictions there with the Schmas finish. I mean, I I could see Darby Allen ended up with the title, but yeah, I, I'm gonna stick with Cody on this one. Cody Rhodes, put some respect on his name. Cody Rhodes. <laughs> Cody Rhodes, put some respect on his name. Now we're Cody there. Cody Rhodes now. Cody Rhodes now, baby. Now we're there. Just in time, I got sixteen percent battery life left. Unless I forgot <laughs> about another match. We- 
Uh, we got Hangman Page and Kenny Omega, the finals Ooh, for the, uh, the next opportunity, or at least the way they worded it, it's a future title shot for the AEW title. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't they don't like to yeah, throw no. the number one contender thing out. I believe they have the ranking system, and that's why they do this. We, we talked earlier. So, yes, they will get the winner of Moxley Kingston at some point, which I wonder how long they'll hold off on that. But it's kind of like what we've been talking about with the Young Bucks here. This is an interesting story. It's got some interesting, like, layers to it but ultimately for me kenny omega this is the guy you signed i'm going to steal a line from my buddy kyle who does the plug with me which we will be bringing back spoiler alert sometime soon we've just both been very busy he said this is the guy you signed away from the wwe you made him the focal point of your company and his first year in AEW wasn't that memorable in terms of championships and he was he was doing a lot of tag team work which isn't really Cody or Kenny's thing so getting him another title shot Moxley Omega 2 is a Big in time. my opinion you can't go wrong that and that gives that leaves away for Moxley Omega 3 <laughs> get a trilogy out of it Yeah. Oh, yeah. Why not? I mean, if you told me for the next five years that one of that your big most, rivalries that, was Omega that will most definitely Moxley put butts and, in seats. Put some titles in the mix on that. I, you can't go wrong there. That's let's that, that's a big time. He, that puts that. I mean, Dave he would just Meltzer have to pray it was in the Tokyo Dome. Freaking mind and give it like twelve stars on the Observer. Which and I think Paige is eventually world championship material. I can I have to imagine he'll win one at some point. I don't know right now. I think that after everything that's kind of gone on with Kenny, he needs that like right Kenny here. should beat him and it shouldn't be any kind of like Shmaji finish. It should be a definitive like one, two, three finish, and it kind of sends Paige. Yeah, and it just sends Paige into this kind of like, who am I type deal? Like, what happened here? This happened all so fast. I was a world championship, and then Kenny turns on me, and the cleaner's back, and Kenny's a million bucks, and I need to get myself back up to that type deal where he's just kind of like struggling to figure out who he is, and then all of a sudden, boom, takes off like a million bucks. And becomes a future world champion or a the TNT back champion. Off of Maybe that, he goes into the um, TNT championship with Ke- uh, you, Cody. You have Hangman in his fall after Just losing to Kenny here. Um, who brings him back up from, uh, or who bright, who drags him into the dark side and brings him back up? Uh, FTR. Starts selling some more of those seeds. Yeah, and then that. Yep. And that starts your four horsemen thing because FTR is kind of the reason they started to split a little bit and mm-hmm. it all kind of ties itself together. So that Which, being said, yeah, that, that Omega's my pick. I'd be all for <laughs> that. So he 
Okay. So it looks like we're pretty even on some of the bigger matches. We split a little bit here and there, so it'll be interesting to see who comes out on top. What a year it's been for AEW, man. There's Do you have anything I mean, else? There's a like lot of good shit going on with card? them. They, they make you want to keep watching. Oh, yeah. Yeah, even the stuff that they do poorly, they correct it quick enough where you forget about it. Like watching some <laughs> old AEW back in preparation for this podcast, you know, the Nightmare Collective was a thing still. Awesome Kong showed up at one point, and I was like, oh my God, I forgot Awesome Kong was in AEW and she was cutting people's hair off and shit. So, you know, they. They, they do correct themselves. Whether you love AEW or hate AEW, it's, it's good for business. It's another another two hours or three hours of wrestling a week that we can sink our t- teeth into. I would actually add, just, like to add one more thing here. Uh, we're all wrestling people, fans here. Out there, so uh, one thing I'm getting pretty sick of seeing online is all this all the attention that the ratings gets and, and the Wednesday Night Wars. This, this war that Cody fought in and won. I don't know if you saw my new meme today. <laughs> but uh, um, it's all wrestling, man. Like, who – honestly, when you get down to the bottom of it, who really gives a <laughs> shit about the ratings? If, if you like one, cool. If you like the other, awesome. We all love wrestling. I agree. And I was talking about this this past Tuesday on another podcast. I said, wrestling is a buffet. You can go up there, and if you don't like something, you don't have to watch it. But that doesn't mean that somebody else isn't going to like that food item or that particular match or that particular promotion. The ratings are only interesting to me in the sense that I – I was really interested to see how they were doing when the NHL and NBA preempted them oh, and they yeah. had to go on their own and ratings were even up more. So I think they should split off the Wednesday night ratings. But again, that's another, another topic for another day. I just, but I, yeah, but I get what you're saying. If you like what you like, yeah, own it. We don't, but don't come knocking on my door and crapping on me. Cause I like AEW. I mean, that's we we certainly like. don't need I like every um, I like something about wrestling that I watch, Facebook like it, journalist I page uh, doing their own stories on on the weekly ratings wars almost daily. Uh, that's for sure. <laughs> Correct. Thank you. <laughs> Which. Wrestling Plug Inc. does not do. Did you? But I have I have posted the ratings. I did early. To my I fell into that mold early for the first like few. I I just posted the ratings each week, um, in some way for for like the first month or two, and then like you said, I kind of realized it doesn't really matter because I watch both anyway, and most of wrestling fans watch both anyway. So who cares who won? But it you know it is what it is. But unless you've that got is all I've else got, man. Like to add, uh, down to business where you can, can find me. Um, I run find uh, you, Family Guy Wrestling Memes on Facebook, and there's also an Instagram page. It's a similar name, 
like fam you, if you search it you'd find it so um good. and then you know if you want to if you're in niles michigan i'll sell you a steak martin supermarkets <laughs> it's so good that's right And as always on our end, uh, you can find um, me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, WordPress, all under Wrestling Plug Inc. I just dropped a new Spotlight series podcast this past Tuesday with Mr. Warren Hayes that I've plugged a couple times throughout the show. I also did a written Spotlight with Public Enemy Eric Dillinger. Check that out. That dude is going to turn some heads coming up here soon he's one of the next good things coming out of this area and in the independent scene and as always <laughs> well, as always i'm stumbling over my own words here um it's been a long night we've talked a lot until next time guys we are oh yeah good shit So up and toe, holla, holla. Same shit, different day. That's how it usually goes. Holla, holla. Dreams come a size too big, so there's always room to grow. Holla, holla. Let's get the show on the road. I'm tired of waiting around. I'm ready to blow. I'm ready to blow. Yeah. I'm ready to go. Yeah. I'm ready to grow. Tired of waiting around, I'm ready to blow